Today we are continuing in the series, The Kingdom of God, and this will be part seven. So I'm going to do a brief recap. And last week I ended where we were talking about uh, um, one of the principles that the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And I finished that out. And uh, that was from Romans 14, 17. And we spoke about joy. I, I ended it talking about joy. And the Greek word is pronounced ka'a. And it meant cheerfulness, calm delight, gladness. And this is the same word, ka'a, the same joy Paul used in Acts 20.24 when he spoke about finishing his race. That's the same word. And I said there's a feeling of gladness and cheerfulness that comes when you know that you're doing what you were created to do. I mean, that's, I think that's the ultimate for every person. But I know that's, that's for me. I, I can speak for myself. But for, for anyone who has lived and living and know that they, what they're doing, they were created to do. There was a, there's a feeling of gladness and cheerfulness knowing that you do what you're supposed to do because the joy comes from doing or being who God created you to be. There is a grace that sustains you when you are fulfilling your purpose because you know when you're walking in God's will for your life, you don't have to stress about it because God graces you or gives you the power to do what you can't do. So you might be at a point in your life where you think, I don't know how I'm going to accomplish this. But if you know you're walking in God's will, you don't have to worry because He's going to give you the grace. Whatever, if you need favor, whatever you need, He's going to give it to you to accomplish what He's created you to do. I mean, with that, that, that is a, just a joy, a gladness, because the pressure is not on you, it's on God to make sure that you are able to do what He created you to do. This is the joy Paul was referring to and in the kingdom of God, this is the same joy. When you talk about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Say, that is the kingdom of God. That is what the kingdom of God is about. So we were talking about, also joy comes from knowing that you are pleasing to God. Because if you know you are fulfilling your purpose, if you are walking in the light, you know that you are pleasing to God. Now how do you know that? Because if you're walking in the light, you're walking by faith. And the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if you know you're walking by faith, you know you're pleasing God. That's how I know. Why? Because that's what His Word says. That's what His Word says. And many people say, well, how do you know that this is true? Well, I know it's true because what the Word of God says, I've experienced all of it, but I've experienced enough of it to know that what God's Word says is true. And His Word doesn't lie. And if you've lived long enough and experienced, I've had enough trials. And if you had the guts to walk by faith, you know God backs up His Word. As I get, again, I was talking about experience. When you experience something, it's different than somebody trying to explain it to you or tell it to you. So everything we do in the kingdom of God is by faith. My God. Everything in the kingdom is by faith. Why? Because God is a God of faith. How did He create the world? By faith. He, before it was, he spoke and it happened. By that's faith. Calling those things that be not as though they already are. That is walking by faith. 
So we also in Mark chapter 10, verse 13 to 15, we were there. And we were talking about children, little children. And Jesus said, of such, he's talking about, suffer not the little children to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of God. For of such, said the kingdom of God, the attitude of the people in the kingdom are like those of children, little children. And I talked about that. Little children walk by faith. What does that faith mean? They do what their parents tell them. They believe what their parents tell them. And they act on what their parents tell them. Why? Because they trust their parents. Children don't have a hidden agenda. Whatever their parents tell them, that's what they do. That's what they believe. Until they get older and then they have their own mind and they, oh, I don't believe mom, I don't believe that. And they want to do what they want to do. However, if you're a parent with a track record of keeping your word, doesn't matter how old your children get. When you say something, they know what you said, you're going to keep your word. So therefore, your word is trustworthy. And that's the same thing with our Heavenly Father. You know, so we are to be like children. Whatever the word of God says, whatever the spirit of God says, we are to believe it. So that's what I mean by children walk by faith. They believe what they are told. And children do not worry about anything. So children are carefree because of their innocence and not weighed down with the issues of this life. They have joy knowing that their parents are pleased with them. But that's the way, that's why Jesus said, of such, that attitude, the kingdom of children of the kingdom. And we as adults have to have that same mindset like children. We are not to act like children. We have to have the mindset like children. That's the difference. Everything we do in the kingdom is by faith. Righteousness, peace and joy are realized and appropriated by faith. It's a telltale sign of the children of the kingdom. We are to help relieve the stresses, anxiety of others. Because every time people came in contact with the kingdom, when the Apostle Paul and Peter and these people, they, they met people and they ministered to them, they were always about relieving the anxieties and stresses of people's lives. Because people were sick. Some people died. Some people demon-possessed. Some people depressed, oppressed. After they encountered with the disciples and the power of the kingdom, all that stress, all that problems were done away with. So the impact that we have to have on people when, we when they come in contact with us, as we are led by the Spirit, is to relieve people's anxieties and stress. Why? So that can, they can live a life of peace and joy. Anyhow, today we will cover a fifth truth about the kingdom. And this number five is, you can only enter the kingdom of God on God's terms. You can only enter the kingdom of God on God's terms. A lot of people in the world will have issue with that. But it's just the way it is. And, you know, if I have time, I can talk about a little bit more on the sideline about that. But I want to keep focus on what I'm talking about here. The Bible gives clear guidelines on how to see and enter God's kingdom. And when I was talking to you about the challenges people face, because people will tell you, well, why is it you only have to do it God's way? Why can't you be a good person? Why can't you be this, that? There are different ways to God. And that's not what the Word of God says. 
You know, because the word of God says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is exclusive. So people will argue and say, oh, that ain't right. That ain't right. That don't make no sense. But it's either his word is true or not. And I know from experience that it's true. I know that. But this is, these are the things that you will be challenged with daily. But one of the things we have to remember, you must be born again. Let's turn to John chapter 3, verse 3. And I, I just want to spend a little time here. One of the things Jesus said here, you must be born again. Alright, John chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I'm going to stop right there. Let me just define the word born. The word born, the Greek word is henano. Henano. But that's the Greek pronunciation. And it means to procreate, to, gen, to regenerate, to bear. Well, what I like here is bring forth. And Webster's Dictionary says the definition for that is brought to life. So Jesus said you must be born again. So Nicodemus was a Pharisee, as it says, and a ruler of the Jews. And he came to Jesus by night. Interesting that he came to Jesus by night. He came to Jesus by night, number one, because he didn't want to be seen. And because of his position, he's a ruler, he's a Pharisee, and he's a ruler over Jews. So he's in a high position. So he didn't want to be seen. So he went to Jesus by night. He acknowledged Jesus when he spoke to Jesus that Jesus came from God. He said, but you have to come from God because what you are doing, you can only do that because God is with you. And what was Jesus doing? Just what he declared that he was sent to do. Healing the sick, raising the dead, and so forth. He was, Jesus was doing all these miracles. So there was an understanding from Nicodemus that this guy is not normal. The only way he can do what he's doing is because God is with him. So there's evidence of the kingdom. And we talked about that before. There is evidence. So he's, so there's a, he had a burning desire to know and understand. Because the only way you're going to risk, take a risk like that, you, there's really something eating at you that you, you want answers for. So Nicodemus had a burning desire to know and understand what's going on with Jesus. So he took the risk. And look how Jesus answered him. Nicodemus didn't even ask him a question. He just made a statement. Teacher, you are a teacher come from God. No one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. And this is, look how Jesus answered him. Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Jesus knew by the Spirit what Nicodemus was looking for. 
Nicodemus wanted to know and understand what's up with you. But what Jesus was doing was manifesting the power of the kingdom. So that's why Jesus says to Nicodemus, you have to be born again to see. For you to, for your questions to be answered, for your curiosity to be satisfied, you have to be born again. And then if you look, you keep reading, you see when, when Jesus said about born again, Nicodemus had questions about that. Jesus is talking spirit. Nicodemus is talking natural, flesh. And he goes back and forth. So I'm, I'm sure when Jesus was done talking, Nic- Nicodemus' head was, good, was ready to explode. Because he couldn't understand. Jesus says you must be born again. So that is, a, that is one of the, the main things to enter on God's terms. Because to, to see the kingdom, to enter the kingdom, you have to be born again. So we are born again by what? The word of God. Oh my God. This is, we are born again by the word of God. And remember God's word is spirit. And God's spirit is not dead. It's living. We are born again by the word of God. Which is perfect and incorruptible. You don't need to add to it. You don't need to subtract anything from the word. It's perfect by, in it, by itself. The sperm or the seed of God. Which is the word. Enters the dead or, non, uh, or non-active spirit. I mean the spirit is active. But it, as far as God is concerned. It's dead to God. That's of the unbeliever. So how does this happen? Nobody knows how it's happened. That's what Jesus was telling Nicodemus. The wind blows. It comes and goes. You don't know how it comes and you don't know where it's going. So it is with the Spirit. Nobody can tell you how this happens. But it happens. For example, what happened with Mary? When the angel spoke to Mary and said, You're going to have a baby. I don't know any man. The Holy Spirit. Be done to me according to your word. So once she said that, be unto me according to thy word, she was impregnated with the word because the word was given to her. Once she said, be unto me according to your word, she received it. And when she received it, the word did what it had to do. The same thing about being born again. Because you have to what? Believe on the Lord Jesus. So you hear the word. You, be, you made a decision to believe it. As a little child. And when you believe it, you do what? You receive it. And when you receive it, that's the word does something in your spirit. And it's like the, all the, lights, the light bulbs go on. It's like you hit your spirit and it's just like, it becomes alive to God. I don't know what happens. But this is when I talk about, by faith, we are justified by faith. You believe. Because you believe, God graced you. And you, you get born again. Because it says Abraham believed God and it was imputed to him. Righteousness was imputed to him. When you believe on the name of Jesus, when you believe and you receive it, God graces you and you get saved. That's where the grace comes. You don't do it. It's by the Spirit it happens. And because you believe, righteousness is imputed to you. So when you get born again, righteousness is imputed to you. And it all happens by what? Faith. You all walk, we all, everything we do is by faith. We are saved by faith. We walk, everything we do is by faith. This is how you, you get born again, when, when you believe. It's an act of faith. Another thing, number two, you must repent. You have to repent. And repent 
and be converted, as it says in Matthew 18, 2 3. We're not going to go, to, go there. But you have to repent. And repent means literally to change your mind. Because when you believe, you repent of your sins. You ask for forgiveness. Because what you do, you recognize His Lordship. When you recognize His Lordship, you understand there's something that's not right with you. So we repent and we ask for forgiveness. And with that, and it says, we have to also be converted. That means what? Our minds have to be changed. How we think has to be changed. Because when, before we were born again, we were enemies to God. Oh, the way we thought about God, the way we would respond, was enmity, enemies, with, was that God is our enemy. But now when you are pulled from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, that's the born again experience. Now you have to like change now. You still have, you still have the mentality of the, of the slave. You still have a slave mentality, even though you're a son, a child. But you don't know you're a child. Because you came out from slavery into the kingdom of light where you're, you're a joint heir with Christ, but you don't know that. So now your, your mind, your thinking have to change. Let's go to Luke 18. Let's start at verse 18. Luke 18, Luke chapter 18, verse 18. Now a certain ruler asked him, who is him? Jesus. Saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. And he said, All these things I have kept from my youth. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, You still lack one thing, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. But when he heard this, he, was, he became very sorrowful for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he became, when he, when, and when Jesus saw that he became very sorrowful, he said, that Jesus said, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. According to the scriptures, entering the kingdom requires repentance and obedience. And these are on God's terms. Because the Bible, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. He said, I am the way. Okay. There is no other way. I am the way. So you have this, this, this man here. And first of all, he greets, this, this, look how he greets Jesus. He said, good teacher. So we know he's already trying to brown-nose Jesus. Because he's full of himself. He considers himself good. I'm a good religious man. Because Jesus said, do this, do this, do that. He said, I, I, from my youth I've been doing that. I'm good. I'm, 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 I take care of everybody. And, and you know, I'm, I do the right things. And Jesus said, well, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have, distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Oh my goodness. To enter the kingdom of God, you have to be willing to surrender everything. You have to be willing. Remember you sang the song? I surrender all to you. 
to enter, you have to be willing. Because Jesus was saying, yeah, you've done all the good things, but you can't still enter the kingdom. You can't see it. There's something blocking. Jesus didn't have a problem with him being rich. The problem is, he was not willing, if required, to give it up. Because what Jesus, what Jesus said, what they said in another scripture, if you want me, you have to what? Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. This man's problem was, his security was in his wealth. Jesus is asking, to, asking him to deny himself. Your security blanket, whatever it is that allows you to live the lifestyle you're living, I'm asking you to put that aside, aside, deny yourself and follow me. Tilt. That's why he says it's difficult. It's difficult for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because there is something that they're depending on, they're holding on to. When you've got nothing, when you're desperate, it's not that hard because you, have hope. you, you need hope. Any glim- you're looking for hope. So anybody who promised you the moon and the stars, let's give that a shot. But when you have your own security blanket, and that sometimes that's what the Lord might ask you to do. If you know you have means, it, it could be anything, but if you know you have means, and you're selfish, or you're too dependent on it, the Lord will put you to the test. Because that is a stronghold. You're in bondage. And what does he say? He says he's come to set who? The captives free. If the man's heart was pure, if he really wanted to, to have that life, that what Jesus was talking about, he'd be willing to do it. But he wasn't willing to, to let that go. Because what did Jesus say? He saw that the man became very sorrowful. Why do you think people, when the stock market crashed or whatever happened, they had all this wealth, crashed, they had nothing. They go jump off a building. They were doing that back in the early 19th, whatever, when that stock, big stock market crashed back in the day, way back. People were committing suicide. Because their hope was in their stuff. That's why I talk to you guys about your 401k. Yeah, you know, you put... I have money in my 401k. I, 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 I save. But there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. I'm not putting my lock stock and, and my whole hope in that. I am trying to be prudent and do what's right. What, because you, know, you, have to, you have to plan and you have to prepare. But ultimately, my trust is in Jehovah Jireh. If I don't have it, he can make it. He can make it possible. This is where the rubber meets the road. And this is where walking by faith. That's why I say we got to really believe this stuff. We have to believe it and live it. Not just believe it. You got to live it and walk by faith. Amen. You have to be willing to surrender everything. Everything. I mean everything. Because God responds to people who need Him. And are dependent on him. Just like children. When children need something, what do they do? They run to their parents. They're dependent on their parents. So entering the kingdom requires repentance and obedience. 
And this is what, the, the guy wasn't willing to surrender. Because when you're not willing to surrender, that means you're not willing to submit. That means you're not willing to obey. Part number three, you must enter at the straight or narrow gate. And as I said, in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him, through me. So you hear the word, people in the world saying, there's more than one way to God. And then the Christian will say, no, Jesus. Well, you're not, you're not, you're intolerant. You're intolerant. You, you, you just feel that your way is exclusive. Yes, it is exclusive, actually. Because what did, Je- what did Jesus say? He said what? Broad is the way that leads to destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to life. Narrow, and if you look the meaning, the meaning, it's, it, it's exclusive. But also with that exclusivity, it's not easy. Because the road, and he says there's few that find it. Alright, let me, let's go to Matthew 7 and you see what I'm talking about. No, Matthew chapter 7 verse 13. Okay, I'm going to start reading. Okay, verse 13. Jesus is speaking, he says, Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. So there's, these are the people saying there's more than one way to God. These are the people, whichever philosophies of the world, whatever, everybody's, fu- this is the wide way. It's all inclusive. Everybody's going that way. And there are many who go in by it. Verse 14. And Jesus says, because narrow is the gate, difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Oh my God. You hear that? He says, narrow is the gate. Because the narrow, why is it narrow? Because there's only one way, Jesus. The wide, the wide way has many ways. But Jesus is saying, no, narrow, exclusive. It's through me. That's the way to the Father. And difficult, why? Because you're going against the tide. And you're going to come under persecution. Because you are going to say, yeah, Jesus is the only way. So it says, difficult is the way which leads to life. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be affliction and suffering and tribulation because of our stand. Saying Jesus is the only way. And and listen to this. And there are few who find it. Few. Few who find it. So you have to be pursuing, seeking. It doesn't find you. You have to find it. You have to have it settled in here. Who you are. Because everything will be vying for your attention. Let's go down the wide road. And you take a stand. No, Jesus is the, is the only way. And of course, we don't, we're not arrogant about it. We just know. And we, and we are persuaded and we take our stand. You want to go that way? By all means, go that way. Because God has given us choice. God doesn't want robots as children. He wants those who choose to love Him. Who choose to follow Him. Who choose to obey Him. It's a choice. But this is where we have to stand. Firm in our belief. So we have, we have, we have to be expected to be persecuted. For righteousness sake. Why righteousness sake? Because we choose to do things God's way. So don't think it's, think it's strange when you encounter trials and tribulations. This is what's expected when you walk the narrow path. 
And expect people to abandon you. Expect people to abandon you if you want to take if you take the, the, the firm stance in your belief. Expect it. So that is a challenge. And you know, a day as the day goes, we see there's a lot going on. Alright. So I'm gonna to have to stop there. Just understand that first, you must be born again. You have to repent and be converted. That's why it says our minds have to be renewed. And then you must be willing to walk and enter through the narrow gate. It's not easy. But God has graced us to do it. It's a beautiful walk. Especially when God, when the Spirit of God overwhelms you with, the, with, his, with his presence. And you can't, you can't explain this to people. You, you can't. You just can't. And those are the things that keep you sustaining and walking in your faith because God somehow graces you and empowers you with with himself and you know no matter what is going on around you all the noise you are settled and at peace in your heart knowing that you are walking with him and you have nothing to fear nothing absolutely nothing to fear